Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where Dr. Jones teaches how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. Now let's join them for today's message. Today we're going to talk about being pointed in the right direction, but I'm going to talk about a specific way of being pointed in the right direction. Today's title in this sermon series of Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences. Today's title is Zeal in the Right Direction direction. And we're going to look at a New Testament character that had a lot of zeal, but wasn't always pointed in the right direction. We're going to look at somebody that many times was overzealous, that would uh, put his foot in his mouth, that would get to talking crazy and would over and over and over need correction, and yet did not lose his zeal. And you may have picked up on it. Yes, I'm talking about the Apostle Peter. And I want us to start off by looking at how we are introduced to Peter. And what's interesting is, like many of us, Peter is introduced to Jesus by his brother. Yep, his brother Andrew. And I want us to look at this in John chapter 1, in John's gospel, chapter 1, starting in verse 35. We're going to read just a few verses. And I want you to see this introduction. Verse 35, it says, The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and you'll see. He replied, so they went and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Now, what's interesting here is Peter's just rolled up on Jesus, and Jesus is like, hey, your name's Simon. Uh, your daddy's name is John. But what you will be called, you will be called Cephas. Jesus is speaking over Peter's life before Peter don't even know what's going on. But Peter has been placed upon him a call by Jesus of what his future is to be, and he has no idea what that's going to be. Now, I want you to grasp that. I want you to put that in your back pocket because I want you to understand something about how Jesus works. Jesus has things in his mind in store for us that we have no idea what the future holds. Simon Peter Cephas has no idea. All he knows, he's rolled up on the guy whom his brother has told him is the Messiah. And we're going to find even 
incorrect expectations of what that even meant that Jesus was Messiah based off of what Jesus came to do and what they were expecting him to do doing that earthly ministry. And all he knows is his name been changed right on the start and he has no idea what that means. Family, I want you to be excited because like Cephas, like Peter, a lot of us were introduced to Jesus by a loved one. And I love this. I want you to see this pattern. I've talked about this over and over and over, this pattern of how God uses his people to bring others to knowing the Lord. And Andrew has spent this time with Jesus, and now he's running to tell his brother. And I want you to have that same zeal, even like Andrew did, that when you get to meet Jesus and know Jesus, go get your loved ones and introduce them. And when Peter rose up, he has something placed on him. And he has no idea the gravity that this holds. Now, one of the things we find out about Peter is that when I talked about Peter's an ordinary dude, like Peter is a married fisherman. Now, what's interesting about this, too, he's married, he's a fisherman, and he's partnered with the, the, the Sons of Zebedee Fishing Company. You know, I call it like that. But he's partnered with James and John, who also become disciples who also become apostles. We know them as the sons of thunder. They're the sons of thunder. They bring it. But he's a fisherman. He's a married guy living up in Galilee, working on the Sea of Galilee, and he meets Jesus, and his life is transformed to the point that as he's rolling with Jesus, he end up being called and known to be an apostle. Now, why do I say that? Because as he's introduced He's not yet in a follower. He just introduced. It's not until later, and when we see in the other synoptic gospels, sometimes we think like when Jesus came and called them and said, follow me, they immediately dropped everything and followed him. It's like, man, were they like zombies? Were they like in a trance? But we see he's already been introduced to Jesus in John chapter 1, which now makes this Luke 5 passage very important for us to understand when we talk about Peter being committed to Christ. Now, when I say committed, I want you to understand what I mean by that. Committed means a voluntary intellectual decision, meaning he has committed himself to following Jesus. He has no idea what the future holds, but he engages Jesus in a certain way that without a shadow of a doubt, whatever life brings... He's committed to continue with Jesus. As we look at this call to follow Jesus, I want you to see Peter's interaction and why this commitment carries such confidence. In Luke chapter 5, when Jesus called Simon and those disciples to follow and says, you're going to be catchers of men, and they left everything. Their confidence was built up because they had experienced Jesus in a way that they said, if he can do that, then we know we will lack nothing as long as we're with him. Now, I want you to understand the transition that happened there, though, because Peter's already met him. Peter's already running to Jesus and found out, okay, this is the Messiah. Jesus has changed his name. He don't quite know what that means. And the next time we see him with Jesus, Jesus is teaching. He's teaching the word of God. He's getting in boats, and then he's giving fishing instructions. And Simon's 
response is like, look, like, dude, we've been fishing all night. We, this is what we do for a living. But if you say so, okay. And all of a sudden, they have the greatest catch of their lives. And he experiences something. This Messiah thing, this teaching the word of God thing is much bigger than just like church. It's much bigger than just religion. This one has authority over all of life. And if he can bring about a catch like this, what else you got? And the greatest catch they've ever had, he said, we leave, we leaving all that because we know it's so much more. He's committed. He's committed himself. And as he's following Jesus names him, one of the 12, he even becomes to be known as one of the big three. They talk about the big three in, in basketball and no, all. It's the big three, even amongst the 12, the apostles. And he's walking with Jesus. But what's interesting in his commitment with walking with Jesus, and please, I want you, don't miss this. He's committed to follow Jesus, and he's left his whole life behind to follow Jesus. He has, he has subjected himself fully to what the Lord has and not relying on anything from his background. And he finds himself like many of us. It's, there's a rocky road to this relationship with Jesus. There's a, there's a rocky road when it comes to following Jesus. Why do I say that? Because... It's not as smooth as we always may hope. And one of the biggest problems with us in Christianity is that we've listened to so many voices. We've listened to so many people that have erroneously told us that commit your life to Jesus. It's all going to be all good. You're going to be rich. All your debt going to be gone. Everybody's going to love you. And even if it's not said quite like that, we have sold this lie from the enemy so that we can get discouraged and turn from following Jesus. But this walk with Jesus, we find ourselves just like Simon Peter, just like Cephas, where it's this, this rocky road. Life like that sometimes can be or what it feels like to follow Jesus because we think it's just going to be smooth sailing. But oftentimes, what makes the, the walk rocky is our false expectations of what Messiah should be doing. And Peter experienced this over and over and over. He continued to be zealous. He continued to keep that zeal even when he was wrong. And it was a lot of misunderstanding when it came to Jesus' earthly ministry. A lot of misunderstanding, but Peter continued to grow in his understanding. Even in misunderstanding Jesus' earthly ministry, he, it, was used by, uh, uh, it was used by Jesus so that he may grow in understanding because Jesus already had a plan in a way he was going to be using Peter that Peter didn't even know. Why do I say this? Because all of us are in seasons of development of where Christ is using us as followers of Christ. He's using us, but also we have things that we will accomplish that we don't quite know what they are. 
And I say that because this is what's important about this. When he said he grew in understanding, we saw that he was called, but then soon after, you know, him walking with Jesus, his wife's mother gets sick. Jesus goes in, heals her. She pops right back up, starts serving everybody. They're like, whoa, he's experienced his power. A little later, they experience Jesus walking on water. In his zeal, he's like, man, the Lord is off the chain. Remember, I saw him with that catch of fish. I know what he's capable of. Lord, if that's you, bid me to come out to the water to come out to you. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Forever Family, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org, that's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org, to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. Jesus said, come on. Peter started walking on water. Two people in all of human history walked on water. Jesus the Christ and Simon Peter. He was walking, but then what happened? He saw the storm. The winds distracted him from focusing on Jesus, and he began to sink. He learned something. Focus on Jesus, you do things that you never imagined. Get distracted, you sink. He learned something else. He said, save me. Jesus reached in, pulled him out, put him back in the boat. He learned when you call on Jesus, Jesus saves. When you're sinking and you've gotten distracted and you've lost faith, call on Jesus. He experienced Jesus in a major way. He knew what, knew what Jesus was capable of, but then he got distracted. And then a little later, after experiencing all that, Christ was doing the teaching, the miracles. Jesus even sent them out. They're doing miracles. They're casting out demons. They're doing all this. And then Jesus is like, who, who do people say that I am? And then Peter responds, and I want you to see this. I want you to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. Peter's faith is going from the next level to the next level. He's learning what Jesus is and who Jesus is and experiencing Jesus. And now... The Father has revealed to him, this is the Christ. And yet we find in the very next verses, his big misunderstanding. It's like, whoa, hold up. He went from saying, you are the Christ. You, you are the promised Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting on. And then as Jesus unpacks what his mission is on the earth, Peter got to correct Jesus. He's like, no, 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 you, you mistaken. Yeah, you're the Messiah, but you, you don't know, you don't really know what the plan is. And what you're talking about, no. We will never let that happen to you. You will not be killed like you're talking about. And Jesus' response, I don't want you to miss. He says, get behind me, Satan. That attitude was at the core, an attitude that is an enemy to the plans of God. And he says, your thinking is under the influence of Satan. And he says, you are not carrying God's concerns. You got human concerns. 
So you're trying to protect me. You're not understanding God's program here. You're not understanding what Messiah came to do. Now, I want you to see this. This is that rocky road I talked about. He's driving and it seems smooth. You the Christ. You, you the one we've been waiting on. You're not just one of the prophets. You're the Messiah. But hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not going to No, no, no. You're not going to be killed. This, this killing raised on the third day. What you talking about? No. Jesus has to correct him. We've seen this over and over in his life. Right after this, there's the transfiguration and he's all excited. Oh, we, we need to build some, we need to build some, some tabernacles and honor Moses and Elijah. And Jesus is like, no, man, you're missing it. No. When in the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus is praying and he's like, look, I need y'all to stay and pray. They falling asleep. They with him, but they're not quite with him. And then when they come to seize him, when Judas has betrayed him, they come to seize Jesus. Peter, ride or die, he pulls out a sword, chops off one of the uh, people's, one of the guy's ears. And Jesus again has to correct him. Like, dude, you don't understand God's plan. Why am I making this point? We see this story with, with Peter, with Jesus. We see Peter's commitment to Christ, and he wants to protect Jesus. He wants to fight for Jesus, and yet he's missing the whole point of what Jesus came to do. Please, may we learn from Peter. As we are committed to Jesus, as we want to fight and defend Jesus, may we not let our expectations supersede Jesus' plans for himself. We do not know better than Jesus. So may we never, or better yet, may we stop trying to tell Jesus what to do. May we stop getting in Jesus' way for him fulfilling what he has done to save. Peter is zealous, but he and his zeal sometimes is not pointing in the right direction. It's getting in the way of God's plan. And yet Jesus in his grace and in his mercy continues to correct, continues to love, continues to guide. Peter was off the chain, y'all. But, but Jesus kept having to direct him. No, no, you're going the wrong way. I need, I, need to, I need to turn you. I need to turn you. May we not be stiff-necked where we won't let Jesus redirect us. I want us to keep our zeal. I want us to be ready to fight for Jesus and defend and all that. And yet, may we not get in Jesus' way for what he is doing. Because also, we think we've been rolling with Jesus so tough. We've been experiencing Jesus so tough. We can get in our own flesh and think we're strong. See, Jesus even told Peter, he was like, man, I'm going to get denied. Y'all going to betray me. Peter's like, no, nah, man, I'm ride or die. I'll never, I'll die for you. Jesus looked at him and said, bro, you're going to deny me before the night over. And then we see three times, just like Jesus said, before the rooster crows, he denies Jesus three times to the point where he called curses on himself. And what's amazing is when he denied the third time, the Bible tells us Jesus looked at him right in the eyes. The rooster crowed. Peter ran off crying, weeping, weeping. He had denied him. He also misunderstood God's plan for salvation of the world at Pentecost. We see that the Holy Spirit comes up on the disciples. Peter in Acts chapter 2 preaches one of the most amazing evangelistic sermons of all time. He Pentecost, he preaches to the Jews, those who were ethnic Jews and those who had become Jews through circumcision and at observance of the law and he preaches to him 
And they get saved, and about 3,000 are added to a number. He preaches this amazing gospel, and yet he misunderstands God's plan to save the world, not just the Jews, but even Gentiles. Matter of fact, he's even confused, and Paul charges him up in Galatians 2. Paul challenging him, like, man, hold on, hold on. You're with, you're with the Gentiles and the believers, but then you separate when the other Jews come around, and he had to charge them up. Why? Continue misunderstanding. But this is where I love it. Once he was corrected, it was full speed ahead. Once he was corrected, when the Lord Jesus corrected him, when, 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 the, when the Holy Spirit corrected him, when the Apostle Paul, all these things all working together, he was full speed ahead. So even, even in his misunderstanding, when he was corrected by the Lord Jesus, when the revelation of God through the Holy Spirit corrected him, he was full speed ahead. He didn't let his mistakes quench his fire. He kept that fire <laughs> at the foot washing. That always make me laugh. He's like, Jesus, you tell me, uh, I serve you, Jesus. You don't wash my feet. Jesus was like, if I can't wash your feet, you have nothing in me. I love Peter's response. He was corrected. Oh, oh, if that's the case, wash everything. My head, wash everything. So when he was corrected, it was full speed ahead. He was going. It says, you know, he, he missed. I always wonder why the disciples weren't at the tomb on the third day waiting. You know, Mary went and told them. They come running. Peter, you know, one of the first people to the tomb of the disciples. And then he, he, he meets Jesus afterwards. Jesus appears to Peter. And what I love about this is in all that back and forth, even denying, Jesus restores Peter in John chapter 21. Just feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Feed my lambs. Jesus, Jesus restores him. He lets him know, like, look, remember, I named you Peter. The Holy Spirit empowers him, and now they're walking, and he's preaching, and check this out. Remember I said he was confused about what the Lord had? In Acts chapter 10, in chapter 10 and verse 28, see, see, God was telling Peter, I want you to go. We're going to the Gentiles. I'm doing the work. He's like, no, nah, man. Nah. Peter was trying to correct God again, right? He was trying to, nah, I'm not going to touch nothing unclean. And God had to let him know what he was doing. And I want you to see in verse 28, Peter says to them, after he talked to with Cornelius and he's experiencing like, like I, I see what the Lord is doing. Peter said, you know, it's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate a visit with a foreigner, but God has shown me that I must not call any person impure or unclean. Why do I say that? Because a little later in Acts 15, we had a Jerusalem council and Peter's realizing this thing is bigger. The gospel is global. Who are we to get in God's way? We need to just be obedient and do what God called us to do. He learned I keep learning over and over. I don't know better than God. I need to just submit myself to God's plan. I need to get out of the way and keep trying to tell God what to do. And we see Peter do mighty things. He's an apostle to the Gentiles, to the Jews. He's speaking before royalty. He's known as one of the, the three pillars of the early church. He even writes two New Testament books of the Bible, first and second Peter. God gives us all certain personalities, and we don't have to remove our personalities to follow Jesus or to live out the call that Jesus gives us. 
Now, we may have character flaws. We see Peter has some character flaws. He would, he would get out of line. You know, he would, he, 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 would, he would try to take over and everything, but Jesus would redirect that. I say that because don't let the world quench your fire or don't let your mistakes quench your fire for Jesus. But as you are redirected by engaging the word of God, as you are redirected by the revelation of Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit and through the holy word of God, get in line and keep that same fire. Keep that same drive because Jesus has given you a name. He has a call on your life. And yeah, you may not be like Peter and and write a book of the Bible. That's not going to happen. But what Jesus did say is that he's going to be using us until the end of the age to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. So let us learn. Let's get out Jesus' way. Let's stop trying to tell Jesus what to do. And may the holy word of God redirect us. So we learned something from Peter. Remember I said we got to be set in the proper direction. When an archer is in competition, they, they have this circle, and it's circle, 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 circle. Right in the middle is bullseye. No matter how great the bow is, no matter how great the arrow is, it's aerodynamic symmetry and the point and what it's made of, unless it's pointed in the right direction. Let me tell you who's the one that's the archer. It is Jesus Christ. Allow him to point you in the right direction and let, him, let it fly. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where we learn how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.